Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, remarkable human being. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It is a celebration, and we have a tremendous guest for you. This is episode 200, and we have the outstanding Tim Shields. It was an instant uh, brothership, as you'll see on the podcast. Beautiful soul, doing the work, super humble, really intelligent, great story. Love Tim. He's the man, so so stoked to have him as episode 200. I want to thank you, all the listeners, so very much. It is because of you, the podcast, you may not know this, actually got to number one in seven countries in iTunes. And it's because of you guys who've taken a moment to leave a review in iTunes. Um, That really helps. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's a privilege and an honor to be with you guys. So grateful for your time. And I aim to continue to bring you the best, most humble, awesome, intelligent, thought-provoking wisdom teachers on the planet to help you master your mind, body, and spirit. So this is part one of uh, episode 200. We're broken up into two parts. So I'm super stoked on that. love you guys so much. If you want to support the show, the best thing to do is to um, do an act of kindness today. Um, and if I saw a hundred hashtags kindness challenge and tagged and three and you know, a hundred people were doing three acts of kindness um, for a week, that would make me the happiest camper in the entire world. So please take the kindness challenge. Just do three acts of kindness um, every day for a week. Um, tag three friends and try to get them to do the ch- the challenge too. worst case scenario you're just a good person for a week so that can't hurt um um what else so this this is an amazing episode i should tell you what we talk about because we talk about a lot of things we talk about um his trip uh, leaving for india uh moving out of career and into calling the work of dr joe dispenza um why why writing five things you're grateful for in a journal every day and five things you want to create is so powerful Um, why we need to be crystal clear uh the being experiment uh the process of writing the process of manifesting um why faith and commitment and service to principles are important uh how to find your purpose why you can't make a wrong choice so this episode stacked with epic stuff i know you're gonna really like it so if you want to support take the kindness challenge please leave a review in iTunes. It helps a ton if you do that. Um, Becoming a patron. Thank you so much to all my patrons. All of my love and respect for just tossing the buck in the bucket. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair, you can chip a buck in the bucket and that helps immensely. Um, if you guys want to do some coaching, just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Happy to help you out. Check out the services over there. We got hypnosis, guided meditations, and one-on-one type of deal. Um, also sign up for the email list and just go forward slash lucid dreaming if you want a free lucid dreaming thing. Um, it's an uh, it's an ebook guide and also a hypnotic activation. 
activation because they work and I use them all over the place. Um, and I think that's it. Check out my mentor, uh, David Lone Bear, Senapass, LoneBearsArts.com. Get some of his jewelry, support his work. He has an incredible mission, incredible knowledge he's sharing with the non-natives for the first time ever. And um, we need your support to bring these to the world um, in every way. Um, I get uh, And it's a small team with a massive... Uh, mission and we want to bring some of these technologies here as well and we need your support so anybody who knows a a benevolent angel investor who um, could volunteer some time as far as web work graphic design administrative assistant um, all that stuff and i need it too it's a small team so anybody who likes the episode and wants to support me and do my thing um the if i can get some of this um what a tedious tasks off. I can do more videos. There's so many educational videos I want to create. I want to create video courses. Um, but the podcast takes a tremendous amount of time, which I love. Um, and I'd love to do more and I can't wait until I have a little bit of help. So I'll create even more. So that's what it's for. So if you want to help, um, I would really appreciate that. So just reach out at Matt at zenathlete.com and I will gladly accept. So thank you so much. Um, all right, so let's get into this episode. Coming to uh, three deep breaths. I'm coming to a powerful state of peace, coherence, and gratitude. So wherever you are in the world, just stop whatever you're doing and take in a deep breath in through your nose. Setting your intention to come to total peace, fulfilling and filling yourself with gratitude and presence right now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, and all the self-criticisms. Taking in another deep breath in through your nose and just doubling that feeling of gratitude, feeling totally peaceful and present and empowered. And just make this firm commitment to be loving and kind and compassionate to yourself as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, all the self-criticisms and limitations. Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath and just doubling the feeling again of gratitude, doubling that commitment to yourself to be kind and compassionate to yourself and others and doubling that commitment and that feeling of gratitude and of peace and of coherence remembering that you were a divine eternal creator being that you're whole perfect amazing just as you are and that's it i think we are ready to get into this incredible episode with tim shields this is part one of episode 200 with tim shields Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the author of A Curious Year in the Great Vivarium Experiment. Based on a journey he took after his mother passed away without a plan, a guidebook, and having only enough money to travel for three or four months, he bought a one-way ticket to India. Using a daily gratitude and intention writing exercise, 15 months later, he returned home with more money than he left with, had traveled all over Southeast Asia, volunteered for India's most important environmental lawyer, worked as a school photographer's assistant in China and Vietnam, lived in Berlin for three months, and had countless encounters with the magical, the mystical, and the transcendent. On the surface, a curious year in the Great Vivarium Experiment is a story about a man in his mid-30s coming to terms with the death of his parents. Beneath the facade, however, it's a multi-layered literary novel in three parts, spirit, body, mind, about an artist searching for his voice, a writer searching for his story, and the power of gratitude and intention to create a reality. Welcome to the show, Tim Shields. Thank you. Uh, That sounds pretty cool. I kind of want to read that book. 
Yeah, man, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, we got we got linked up by a mutual friend, and and I got to look at your story, and I was like, okay, this guy's great. Like, I gotta get him on. I gotta I gotta know how this travel went, and and more about you, man. So I'm excited to dive in. Well, it's an honor to honor to chat with you, seeing all the list of guests you've had on your show. So, well, thanks excited to be here. This is a, I'll say this is like a draft pick. I don't think people know who you are exactly yet, but this is going to be like, <laughs> yes. this is like the LeBron James draft pick. Like you're coming, dude. It's yeah. Be, yeah. yeah. Russell Wilson, you know, he's pretty good too. He, yeah, he, man. Came, out of, he came out of nowhere. Definitely. Um, so yeah. do you want to start with a little bit about like just your background and who you are so I can get up to speed and then we'll dive into the book and, and all the amazing stuff that happened over the year and just anywhere else we want to go. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I started, I wanted to be a writer uh, since I was like 17 um, and didn't quite know how to do that or get there. I mean, I was always keeping a journal and I think now I have probably 52 journals of my life on paper starting September 29th, 1991. Um, so I could go back, you could be like, tell me what you did uh, June 7th, uh, you know, 1996. And I'd be like, oh, wow. Well, I won't tell you what I did that day, but... Um, so yeah, I, I just kind of had for many years had been drifting through marketing and advertising gigs and was always trying to make corporate America work for me. I was like, this job's going to really do it. Um, but it just either spit me out or I spit myself out. And, um, I guess in like 2006, I always knew that if you wanted to write about interesting things, you had to have interesting experiences. And uh, in 2006, I had a job and a relationship end in the same week. And I was like, oh, maybe life's trying to tell me something. So um, I had this connection to this woman who owned an orphanage in Tanzania. And I took off and I volunteered an orphanage in Tanzania for two months. So that was kind of my first trip as like an adult, you know, an adult. And um, I wanted to be of service. And, you know, it, this, it was an extraordinary um, uh What's, what's the word? Anyway, the, the, it was an extraordinary establishment. I don't know, I'm blanking on the word, but uh, I knew the place was special and I almost got the opportunity to ghostwrite this woman's story, but her main benefactor uh, fancied herself a writer and she's like, no, 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 I'm going to write it. But of course that story has never been told. However, uh, in a book, but a decade later, 60 Minutes discovered it. I knew that like, that's how special a place it is. So. Um, you know, around uh, probably for my mother passed away in 2010, which uh, I can't call it the inspiring, the inspiration for this story, but it was the inciting incident. And my parents had been sick for kind of a decade. I, I like to call myself a martini baby. My dad was actually in World War II. My dad was the third day in Normandy in World War II. That's a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star, which are two things he got. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, I, I got some cool stories about that. But, um, you know, my dad passed away, I think in 2004, uh, my mom passed away in 2010 and I was living in Seattle, grew up in New Jersey and I had been, I actually, I got passed up for two jobs in the world trade center in May, uh, 2001. If I'm a cat, I've got about four lives, four or five <laughs> lives left. Um, but, um, so I got passed up and I was like, what am I doing in New York? This is like insane living. And I just uh, kind of in like, actually, I was talking to my brother on the phone. And at the time, I always had these like interesting 
living situations, uh, buildings and stuff, but I was living with like a 60 year old manic depressive landlady and two Israeli guys in this like, you know, huge pre-war uh, brown, brownstone on the Upper West Side. And I had this little tiny room that I could only paste two sides around the, the, my queen size bed. And I was talking to my brother, like freaking out. I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to make money? And he's like, you don't have to live in New York to make money. And I was like, holy like paradigm shift. And in, in like one minute, I was like, where do I have friends? Oh, Ben's in Seattle. I'm going to move to, I'm going to move to Seattle. So I've been in Seattle for 17 years. And um, yeah, when my mom finally passed away, instead of, you know, I had been going home, like my vacations were going home to visit my older parents. Um, so I was kind of like, well, this is my time. This is what I've always known I needed to do. Um, Cause there's this thing inside of me that I need to express and I need, you know, a vehicle for it. And for some reason I always kind of knew like travel would be it. Like in high school reading like Joyce Beck, uh, uh, Steinbeck, I mean, and um, Kerouac and stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's kind of life I want to live, you know, freedom, um, have these incredible experiences. And um, so I bought a one-way ticket to India and um, I didn't have a clue. And when I think about it, I'm like, that was insane because I arrived, you know, I, for some reason I had a lonely planet in Nepal, which doesn't really do you any good when you land in New Delhi. And, um, no. and like, the, the first two days I was just like, what have I done? I've made a huge mistake. I was like, just in this hotel room. I actually, I can't call it a hotel. It was, uh, it was a room and I was just like, what am I trying to prove? Why did I do this? I just left like a pretty good life behind in Seattle. And, and then quickly things unfold, like very quickly things unfolded. Um, my sister had a roommate from Boston, an Indian woman, like 20 years prior. And she's like, you should try and find Pari on Facebook. So I found Pari and I was like, you know, I, I know that <clears throat> when you go, when you take a big leap like this, it's a cool experience to volunteer first because you can orient yourself in a place and you can sort of learn about the culture and meet people. And those people in turn can sort of, you know, direct you in which ways to go. So <clears throat> this woman Pari was like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'll do anything. I have no idea. And she's like, well, I know this guy um, who has an eco ashram. Would you be interested in vol volunteering there? And I'm like, sure. I, I have no idea what the hell an eco ashram is, but, I'm not above sweeping floors or whatever I need to do. And as it turns out, this guy is like India's most important environmental lawyer who's like sued the, sued the state of India over the course of 20 years to create a green zone around the Taj Mahal. He had 1,200 industries removed from around the Taj Mahal because all the industries were pitting the marble yellow. And, um, you know, there were like slaughterhouses around there too. So there'd be like a bird of prey dropping innards on like tourists and stuff like that. So his argument was that the cultural heritage of India is not worth the short-term gains of, indi uh, of industry. So, wow. you know, over, over the course of 20 years, he sued the state of India and he's the only, you know, he's the only person to win. And he had 1,200 industries removed. And at some point there was 20,000 people like burning his image and effigy, you know, and like, he had to have security for 24 hours for like two years and stuff like that. So yeah, I got to volunteer for him and um, I spent my first three months in India and everything kind of unfolded from there. Oh, smokes. That's how, yeah, that's how, that's how the story starts at least anyway.
that's how the story begins. Holy smokes. So yeah. I love that. Well, you had the catalyst and I'm sorry to hear about your parents. It's always terrible. Um, I think like for me, it's just like a catalyst. A lot of people will be Definitely. going through their life and they feel like they want to do something. And I love the beginning of um, <clears throat> just like that paradigm shifting thought. It's like, you know, it is possible to make money in a different city in the <laughs> USA. Like your brain is like, bing, like, no kidding. I know. What is it? I mean, at that point in my life, I was, uh, I guess it was like my first real job. I was working for barnesandnoble.com and everyone was super young. I was like 25, maybe going out like four five nights a week. Um, money went to like partying and rent. And then if you had a little money left over, you could eat every once in a while. And it was just like, woo, I'm never leaving New York. This is amazing. And then all of a sudden it catches up to you and you're like, this is insane. What am I doing? This is like no way to live life. So I don't know. I just, uh, I'm more drawn to the West Coast than the East Coast. I don't like to tempt fate, but uh, so I'll never say never. I'll never do that because then life is like right up the, you know what. Um, So yeah, I I just, uh, well, now I'm talking to you from San Miguel de Ande, Mexico. So um, when I, I came here for three months to finish this this book and um that's a whole other story but yeah i kind of had uh when i was down here i met this this woman and we had this on again off again um relationship long distance relationship and um i've been kind of editing books for other people like helping write and edit books that happened in november 2016 so um I'm just about to finish my second book for somebody and uh, Seattle is like so different now than when I got there. It's a total tech city and it's a hustle and you know, I'm just, I'm, I, I've moved out of the career and I'm in the calling, uh, which is kind of what I'm, I'm living in my fourth book right now. But uh, so the third book is kind of about the journey of the artist and, you know, moving into the calling. But um yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm just living a kind of a chill life down here right now, and um, I, I have a community down here, Americans and Mex and Mexicans that are super cool. And uh, as soon as they finish this other book, I'm gonna start working on my second one. So, well. <laughs> I'm glad that you found like the chill zone. I like to kind of get out of the big city too. I grew up near Toronto and it was just a little bit too busy for me. It's a great city and and there's lots of stuff in great cities. I just need space. I'm like a miniature Sasquatch. You know, I just want like a little cabin in the woods and and some relaxing space. And I will enter the city when I have to, but it's not my preferred habitat. Um, But I really like what you said about uh, moving out of uh, your career and into your calling. Um, what do what do you think the best way to approach this is? Like, do you want to talk about some of the experiences in the book or like, it sounds like you've gone even beyond that book and you're into these new modes. So, um, I'm just curious if you want to share some of the travels and some of the things that you had that were most important. And I know that some of the ghostwriting you do, um, from our preamble is like pretty impressive ghostwriting and helping, um, with some influential people. And that is around like manifesting in our reality, um, you know, creating a reality, moving into a calling, like having that all in moment. And you know, when you went to India and you're like, what am I doing with myself? But you've kind of got to cut cords a lot of time, right? You got to let go of that old paradigm to experience something else and then have this greater understanding of having experience of of faith and spirit and the mystical. It's, it's kind of like you can't have 
both sides on on one end of the river and know what the other side's like yeah well um you know I, a lot of kind of the book is me sort of going back to this 17 year old self so i will say that i fictionalized it so there's a character in there whose name is thomas it's a very big stretch from tim and um that's a whole other sidebar but when i was you know I'd, it's it's about the dream of the 17 year old and um the seven my 17 year old self but i think you know it relates to everybody and and i kind of said you know i i decided i wanted to be a writer then or earlier and i kind of said it was like the power of this dream like shot a grappling hook out from the present 17 year old self into the future and you know that is an intention and um i think a lot of people lose that intention because let's Let's face it, adult life is very busy and confusing and uh, a lot of things, a lot of tasks and making a living and all this stuff. So for a lot of years, I was zigzagging my way, you know, but always with my, I had no idea how it was going to happen. And I mean, there were times where I was like super depressed. I was like, you know, sometimes I didn't even like want to go back. I didn't even want to go on. I was just like, this is never going to happen. I'm strapped with debt. I mean, I'm stuck in a corporate world. How do I get there? And um so there's that that thing and then i'll go back again to the 17 the 17 year old self um i remember i i only remembered this a couple years ago and when i remembered it things started to unfold pretty quickly but i used to like pray or ask when i was 17 year old 17 like like the prayer of saint francis i i would be like make me an instrument of your peace like use me as a voice piece for good or whatever and and then life got busy and I kind of forgot about that. And then uh, a couple of years ago, five, six years ago, I was like, oh my God, I used to always like think that and, you know, and pray for that. And uh, you know, I wound up going to, uh, you know, doc, Dr. Joe Dispenza's, uh, one of his workshops in 2010. And then um, I kind of was on and off with that for a bunch of years and then really committed, which, and he teaches about meditation and the quantum field and consciousness, creation, intention. So I really kind of committed to that in about 2015. I went to a, um, I went to one of his advanced workshops and for like four days, um, well, I'll just say in 2013, I got back from this 15 month journey and I started working on the, on the book and I was like, this is so bad. And I just put it aside for a while and then I'd pick it up. So I went, so I went to uh, Dr. Joe's workshop and for four days I just meditated on like, I need the right conditions to show up for me to be able to bring this book for, to fruition. And one of the things was that I need a full-time job because, um, you know, I freelance for most of my career and it's like, start, stop, start, stop. And the energy stops, you disconnect from that, then you have to chase this, this paper thing we were talking about called money. Um, and uh, <clears throat> Literally the moment I arrived back from this workshop, I got a LinkedIn message from a friend and he was like, hey man, uh, I just left Microsoft after, after 10 years to go to this startup. It's supposed to be like the next Uber unicorn company or something. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'll check it out. So I take the train back in from the airport and I get into town and then I run into this dude on the street corner and I'm like, oh, this is, this is starting to get more interesting. So I wound up getting this job and for every day, it lasted for only six months. And every day I went uh, to a coffee shop before work to work on this terrible draft. So 
I'd go 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half to work on the book. And it took exactly six months to get through this draft. And as soon as I got, um, as soon as I finished that draft, I got laid off, but I was in such an amazing space. I'm like, all right, what incredible things about to happen. And literally within five minutes, I get a text from one of the people that I, I work, I write for. And he was like, Hey, what would you think about helping me edit my blog? And I was like, this is amazing. Cause it was a dream opportunity to work with this guy. Um, so I got laid off and then, um, I reached out to this other company that was courting me, courting me at the time. And they had already filled the position, but then they were like, what if we created a position for you? And I was like, all right, I can, I can, we can work with this. So, um, it took like three or four weeks for them to work out the paperwork and create the position. And then when I got the job offer, I was like, so what would you think if I started in like five weeks? And they were like, all right, we waited long enough. I'm like, score. So I took off to South Africa for like two weeks. And then I went, I went up like skiing in Whistler and it was an epic winter. I went to another Dr. Joe workshop. Um, <clears throat> and I thought I would be at that job for probably, I don't know. I thought I would be there right now. And um, about nine months into that job, the person who I was editing for asked me to help him with his book. Um, and I was like, watch how fast I quit my nine to five. So I think that was kind of the, the stepping off point for me um, to jump into my calling. And, um, and, and it, it is a, the fruition of my 17-year-old ask as well to like use me as a voice piece. I mean, granted, I want to just write my own stuff, but I've been so fortunate to work with these two people who I have learned so much from about consciousness and energy and creation. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's happened. It all starts in the, everything starts in the mind, as you know, the mind is the builder. Uh, so um, I guess one other thing I can just kind of add, which is a structural element of the book and something I do, I've done every day since, um, you know, after my mom died, I thought I was, if you have a sick parent, you sort of, uh, the word is not fantasize, but you imagine what the experience is going to be like when they, they actually die. And I mean, I thought I was ready, but it totally rocked my world. I mean, I was kind of a mama's boy, you know, I was the youngest by nine years and, um, out of a family of four. And I said in the book, it's like, uh, when a parent dies, it's like a tornado or a tsunami sweeps through your life. And no matter how hard you try to rebuild, something intangible is lost forever. And I felt so super lost. And um, a friend of my sister, this woman, name is Sheila Bath. She's kind of an energy, you know, in energy healer type person. And um, she's like, okay, you're a writer. Yeah. Okay. I want you to do five things. You're, I, I want you to do this exercise. Every day I want you to write down five things you're grateful for and five things you want to create. She's, she said, you're going to find that what you create today is what you're going to be grateful for in the future. And I was like, sure, I'll try anything at this point. So I went to a coffee, I went to uh, you know, a drugstore. I bought a little $2 notebook and I just started, I started creating uh, my future, which I mean, at the time I wasn't working and I was like, all right, I need the right job for right now. I surrender money. I surrender whatever. I just want a cool team. I want freedom. Um, and I wound up, uh, I wound up getting this job. And um, at first, it was a three-month contract, and then they extended it to six months. And um, 
and actually the guy like a designer there became one of my closest friends and he wound up doing the cover which i loved to the book um <clears throat> but at the end of six months my boss was like hey would you be interested in working like 10 to 20 hours a week while you're in india and i was like hell yeah i would um because that's you know u.s money in india plus i was you know volunteering and living for free a lot so i was actually making money on that part of the journey so then after three months in india um i came back to the states because i had miles and i wanted to surprise my family for a family reunion so i came through seattle for like four days and um I went to the office for like four days and my boss like pulled me aside. He's like, Hey man, you're going to need money to travel. Bill me for, bill me for 30 hours a week for the last three months of your contract. So I was like, what? So I went back to Asia to work with a friend of mine who has this niche business as a school photographer. And he was paying me 500 bucks a week, free room, booze, board, you know, like staying at, you know, business hotels. And I'm just like a backpacker. And I'm collecting two incomes while I'm, you know, taken off into Asia. So it was just like, and all, everything like has come out of my gratitude and intention journal. And uh, yeah, it's a powerful exercise. I recommend it for everybody. Wow. Holy smokes. Well, it's, yeah. it's interesting because the, the basic elements you're referring to uh, completely align with what I learned with uh, studying. I spent the summer, I told you a little bit about at the beginning with uh, a Native American elder of the Mi'kmaq. Yeah. And mm -hmm. he is the sagein, which is seer and hearer of spirit. And so when he yeah. goes to, you know, um, his communities and tribes, everybody knows who he is. And, you know, he's like the spiritual guy. Um, he's like the Dalai Lama of like, you know, that, that section. And one of the things that he taught me he was very firm about was you've got to write it down. He's like, spirit yeah. doesn't know um, what you're thinking. You have spiritual free will here. So he's like, when you stay quiet, he's like, that's all great and well and good and stuff, but it doesn't know what you're thinking. So it's interesting. You said like the turning point was remembering that you're praying. Um, he's like, you have to either say it out loud or write it down and ideally do both. And now they can assist you from this higher yeah. level to begin to orchestrate things. But if you don't do that, you don't, you don't know what you want. And then on top of that, um, you know, you're working with the consciousness, right? It's just like, what is yeah. the practice in Dr. Joe's work? You know, he's not the first guy to say it, but he's one of the new pioneers of saying, Hey, you influence your reality through visualization. Essentially it goes deeper than yeah. that. In some yeah. worlds. And, you know, you've, you've got as far as like yogis in India and, um, even in North America, everywhere there's people are having these mystical experiences through whether it's meditation, whether it's, um, some sort of yogic practice, whether it's through, <laughs> breathing, whether it's just through daily life and doing acts of kindness, you can have a mystical experience. Um, but the idea is to like, the way that I explained it to someone the other day is like, your mind is like a bowling ball and you have these thoughts and they're like honey. And every time you have a thought like, oh, you're not good enough, the honey sticks on there. Or somebody calls you a loser or you're, and you go about the day, this honey gets stuck to the bowling ball, but you don't know how to wipe it off. You attach to all these things. And so automatically you have this emotional reaction rather than yeah. having this separation of like, oh, you're a loser. Hold on. Yes, that hurts a little bit. Let me wipe off the honey for a second. Okay, cool. Like I don't have to just let that thought take me down a slide of, you know, I'm a worthless piece of crap and like I'm not good enough, which is yeah. kind of what I know happens. that yeah. Right? Yeah, right? When you're writing a book, yeah, yeah of course, you're probably yeah, like the worst of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what I wanted to ask, because I know you've done a lot of travel, you kind of like, you know, 
I'm aware that you're bridging both worlds. Part of it is like, you know, understanding manifestation and spirituality and taking all in and having these mere uh, <clears throat> mystical experiences type of deal. And then the other side is like, you know, what you learn from the traveling in those experiences going all in. So I'm just curious, like, um, if I just give you that, if you can give me some feedback on either like some of your favorite travel experiences and what you learn from them, or you could dive into like mm -hmm. the process. Cause I think that those processes are literally that's like the foundation. If you want strength, it's not that uh, complicated. You need to do squats. You need to do deadlift. You need to do bench press. You need to do pull-ups yeah. or dips or both. Um, that's it. You yeah. know, you can do other stuff and it works, but that's like the core foundation of strength and going to like snatches and Olympic lifts and crap like that. But there's a protocol. If you want endurance, run every single day. Yeah. It's not complicated. So by making sure and ensuring you're doing the most important baseline things, you're going to get an experience and a result from that and then you can yeah. refine it as you move along yeah um i'll just go backwards for a second it's funny because uh as i as i was walking through town today i had just been listening to your podcast with that elder and um and he said you have to speak it out loud so i was like i had these things in so kind of like maybe people thought i was just on a phone conversation but i was like speaking out loud while walking down the street like the new the next things i want to intend and um, something that I've learned, uh, I learned a very, very, very hard way um, is that you have to be, and, and you were saying this or the elder was saying this, but you have to be very intentional and very clear about what you want. Because if it's sort of a soft, muddy vision, um, it can come in in a soft, muddy or with a thunderclap. And I'll just give you one example. Like when I, when I came back after traveling, um, I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to become a grown up. You know, I got a full time job and I finally got my own place that I was like buying my own, like grown up furniture. And I was like, wow, this is what I've been looking for for the past 18 years since I left home to create my own home. And I had been writing in like my, you know, my gratitude and intention journal. I was like, I want a windfall of money. I want my sister to visit me. I want, you know, a spiritual experience that takes me deeper into whatever. And what happens on April 1st, 2013, but my house burns down. And yeah, so that, that might be something to do with book two. But, um, you know, it's like my sister showed up the next day. I got a windfall of money. I got an insurance check. Um, and, you know, it was kind of amazing in that, like, these people reached out from all over the world who I had met and traveling and people sent me shoes and, like, Somebody worked at Adidas and they sent me all these like shoes and stuff. And um, so one thing I have learned about like creation, gratitude, intention, and creation is to be very clear. So now if I write something like I want a windfall of money, I say, and it comes with grace and ease, you know? So um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, I can't say that I sort of know or am a master at it. I am just, um, you know, when I was younger, I used to be so sort of like wrapped into my mind and trying to figure out the meaning of life and my purpose and all that stuff. And, you know, kind of something that I, I wrote about in the book is like, you know, me, my character, learn that I don't need to know the meaning. I only need to participate in the mystery. So, um, and part of that participation is, you know, I, I think we are on this 3d 4d dimensional plane we exist for 
consciousness or the unified field or spirit to experience its, itself in this in physicality. Um, so we really kind of are the the writers of our own of our own script and our own screenplay. And I think a lot of us, uh, there's a couple couple mosquitoes going on here. I think a lot of us are living our lives unconsciously and and we all have these unconscious programs that are like wounds from childhood and stuff i mean i'm i'm trying to tackle a couple right now um so really the first step is to become aware of these unconscious programs because that's what we're living and that's what we're creating so no matter whether we are aware of it or not we are creating at all times so um I think the first step is to become aware of those negative thought programs and um, and to to just try and be more conscious and creative out of the day. And I mean, the gratitude and intention journal is a is a great thing. Um, I started this thing this past winter called the Being Experiment, which uh, you know you can join the group on Facebook or something. It was a private group at first, but you know I I had like a month of you know, partying and excessive food, you know, just like the holidays. And um, the girl who I, you know, was doing the long distance thing with had come and we left on a rocky state. And I was like, okay, I need to change my entire, my entire being. So I quit uh, alcohol, sugar, um, and um, caffeine, like cold turkey. And I did it like, uh, for almost a month, but the sugar, which was actually the hardest part, because sugar is literally everything. Um, I quit for 21 days. So kind of actually the second day I was like, my life is meaningless. You know, it's like my sister's like, you're detoxing from sugar. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is terrible. Everything's falling apart. Um, so, um, (laughs) but, uh, but towards the end of the second week, I started to feel really clear. And, and I did a, 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 a 21 day cleanse once before and the same thing started happening. And, and I was just, I wasn't going out. I was just meditating twice a day. And, and one time in meditation, it was like, <clears throat> um, this idea came in. I was like, okay, I should write down these elevated, you know, emotional words and I'm going to put them in a bowl and I'm going to embody, I'm going to pick a word every day and I'm going to try and embody that word because if I am embodying that energy, then that energy should be reflected back to me. So um, I started doing that, and my nephew, who is uh, an incredible musician, he actually scored the, if you go to my website at CuriousEar.com, he scored the um, book trailer, which was all shot in India. And um, he was like, wait, what is this? And I'm like, I'm just going to do this exercise. He's like, I want in. I'm like, all right, let me figure it out. So I went to a coffee shop that Saturday, kind of figured out, organized this thing, and then I was like, eh, what the hell? all my friends probably think I'm like, woo woo anyway. So I'm just going to send this out to 50 people and see if, uh, see how they feel about it. 25 responded that they were stoked. So I called it the being experiment and I just sent it out and then people started, you know, sharing it and sharing it. And, um, so basically like I do it every day, like today, my word is, is grateful. And I just write it on my hand and, um, just as a reminder all the time, oh, okay, I have to be grateful, you know, pull me into the present moment. And then another thing I do, uh, is I put a little heart on my hand because I live so much in my head and I'm trying to be more in my heart every day. So uh, I don't even know where that was going. We just kind of kind of rambled there, but. 
<laughs> that was awesome, man. You you said a lot of great things, and and I was um I want to give feedback on most of those because I think they're they were really to the point. Um, and I hope as I say it, because there's one thing that I that I'm trying to remember, I wanted to comment on because it was all really good. But um, you know, the first thing that came up was like being aware of what you're being run on the unconscious programs, you know. And so yeah. when I studied law of attraction with Michael Lozier, who wrote a brilliant book on it based on NLP, it's like you're either creating by default. You know, it's like you're not participating in the mystery. You're just creating by default and whatever comes in, comes in. And that's just what it is. Um, or you're creating deliberately. And then in that creation of, of like deliberate creation, you also got to surrender to like what is, you know, it takes a minute to move, right? So if yeah. you can find, yeah. you know, I think the real mastery is if you can find contentment and peace with wherever you are in the process, wherever you are yeah. with, with putting in like thinking and intention and emotion into creating on purpose, right? With non-attachment. Now yeah. you're really um, in a powerful process and people aren't aware of the unconscious programs that they have, you know, and you got to kind of like elicit those, like, what are your beliefs around, you know, just like your simple one back in the day in New York is it's like, okay, what are my beliefs around money? It's like, I can only make money in New York. I'm like, oh my God, I could make money in like yeah. a different city, you know? And so, yeah. and you, you might want feedback, you know, get friend, get some help or something, explore on your own or whatever. But that's a, that's a huge thing is to create on purpose. Um, and I like what you're talking about. Um, this is what I want to ask actually. Um, you know, when we're creating specifically, so when I was studying with the elder and I've heard different <coughs> things, on this, but the elder was like, I was like, okay, how do you talk to spirit? Right. He's like, well, how do you order at a restaurant? He's like, you ask for specifically what you want. If you ask for food, they can give you any food that's on the menu. They might give you cake when you want a hamburger. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And I remember when I was studying the law of attraction and things like that, um, I, the one idea is like to be vague, like um, in your prayer, you know, let me be a vessel for the highest good, right? So that's like mm -hmm. vague and that's, um, but that lives, leaves more option for a higher intelligence to do its work. Um, so exactly. in your process, um, and this is like a personal thought for me, I've been curious about the being very specific um, and very you know, leaving it to the universe and that higher intelligence. So an example would be, okay, I want to go snowboarding again this season, I think, right? But I don't know how magical the universe is. I want to be of the highest good. That's my number one intention is like, I want to grow and understand uh, and to be in line with spirit. You know, I word it differently and, and it's good to write it down because you realize how yeah. you can get clearer and clearer. Um, but I want to be aligned it with spirit and have the biggest impact while also developing my own spiritual uh, knowing practices and alignment while having fun. And right now my idea is snowboarding and I could say, I want to snowboard in Whistler and this is the house that I'm in. Or I could say I could snow, maybe I get like hooked up with like, in Switzerland with like a baller pad with yeah. somebody who's working on something, changing the world. Right. And so what do you recommend you're talking. Me or someone, you know, <laughs> right. Cause then if I say it's yeah. gotta be in Whistler, then I miss out on Switzerland or Japan or something. Cause my, yeah. my minute, my brain can only kind of navigate keeping me alive. You know, that's what it's basically yeah. designed to do. Don't die, Matt, you know, and do the yeah. tasks that I've set for myself for the day as this massive other pictures <laughs> happening in the background. Yeah. I, um, I'm kind of going through a little bit of that right now, like with, cause I'm sort of in this transitional phase as in, I'm like so far out in the unknown. Like I don't even know. I'm like in Mexico. Yeah. I'm in Mexico to begin with. I'm doing sort of this new relationship thing, even though she's still three hours away. And, um, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do for money next. Um, there, there are little projects that come in and, 
you know, I'm going to do some websites and somebody wants me to edit a book. And, but I'm like, do I want the big fish or do I want the, you know, the three book deal from this? Um, I have to get really clear on that. But one thing that I've been kind of doing is like, I just focused on like in my meditation, like, I just like, I want to feel abundant in, in San Miguel. Like, I don't want to worry about money. I want to go in and I want to buy a round of mezcals for 10 people or something like that. And like, uh, you know, I don't want any of, I don't, I just want like joy and abundance and, and creativity. And, and this is already, already kind of happening. Um, and, um, so I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to leave it to a higher intelligence because anytime I've tried to, you know, write the script, once I finally rip up the script, something way more interesting shows up. So there's, there's definitely a fine line between asking for specific things and then letting this higher intelligence organize organize the things for that highest good but um it's just the process is just like create surrender trust you know mm. um and like in you know always in my meditations i i i found that in the beginning you know i use in the book like every couple chapters there are these five gratitude intentions so people can kind of get an idea what it is and and really um that is what created my story just writing these things and then letting the universe uh, let the, the cards fall where they may. But, um, you know, like I said, in, in the beginning, I used to kind of write more material things. And I mean, it's, it's now I, and then I started just moving to like, I want experiences that bring me more joy, more expansion, more abundance. And that's when it gets really interesting. I mean, yeah. I can't say I can't say I've cracked a code. I'm just participating in this mystery. So and and hopefully for the highest good of myself and others, which is the very important part for others, um, which is actually kind of something that I learned from this uh, from the Indian um, the lawyer that I volunteered for. He was such a man of service. But um, anyway, well, I digress. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely touch on that. Um, Shoot, I can't remember. Man, I was going to add a comment to that. Now I forget. Talk (laughs) about the guy from India, and then I'll and then I'll come back to what I was going to comment there. Well, um, he was just this uh, amazing, like simple, humble man, but I mean, an animal in the in the court, and um, it's a very different legal system there. You know, he. it's not like he was this super rich lawyer. He, he did his private practice to support all of his cases for like the voiceless people of India and for the environment. I mean, he was super committed to the environment and, you know, I just got to hang out with this guy and I met this American scientist there who, who had also won a golden prize, which is like the equivalent of an environment, uh, the equivalent of like a Nobel prize for grassroots environmentalism. And this American scientist was like, this is the most important lawyer in india since gandhi and you know i wrote my gratitude intention journal before i took off i want to be of service and like i land like this guy i get to hang out with this guy who's like the most important lawyer environmental lawyer whose entire life is about service and um you know i would have been super intimidated by him if i just met him in 
a more formal setting, but I just got to hang out with him and laugh all the time. And um, he just told me all these like kind of incredible stories. Uh, like at, at one point, the Supreme Court of India held a special case for him every Friday about environmental issues. It's like insane. And, and I guess like one thing that, that was really impressionable upon me was, yeah, I, I kind of looked up to him as this huge figure. And when you, you know, you see somebody who has this incredibly accomplished life, you're like, what did you do when you took those forks in the road? And he's like, you know, he was just like, he relied on his faith and his commitment to service and his principles. And he's like, it wasn't easy. You know, I was scared to make these decisions too, but you have to make decisions in your life. So um, I was like, all right, that's pretty, that's pretty damn good advice. Man, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that is some like core meat and potatoes living right there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you look yeah. at someone, like you said, yeah, if you'd see him, you'd be like a daunting figure. You'd be like, whoa, you know, you're, you're impressive, but that's, everybody has to do that. I think you have to rely on your faith, commitment to service. And what are your principles? What are your values? So I think like just that yeah. alone, you know, if we could just sit and marinate on that <laughs> sucker, because we know what they are, like identify what they are for yourself, you know? Um, but committing yeah. to doing them when, you know, I, I can't imagine what it'd be like in India at that level, but I imagine there would be pressure and it would be challenging and it would be scary. Um, and you'd have to stand up, but how would you know you have this higher thing working for you? You have to like do the thing. It's the easy yeah. thing to play small and bend your principles and things like that. That's easy. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's going to build the character of who you are. And I imagine that this person was pretty humble as well. And the comment I was going to make too, is like, um, two things. One, if you're doing an affirmation, one of the kind of things that I learned around that is you could say, or better, you know, I want to go snowboarding and Whistler with incredible oh, people. Yeah while doing the podcast or better. And I'm open to you hooking me up in the most aligned way, but these are the elements I want. I want it to be snowboarding. I want there to be good people. I want to have abundance of money, you know, so put all those elements that are necessary, right. And get as specific as you can and then allow the universe to be like, okay, cool. Well, if we jumble up all these elements that you gave us, let's just do that in Japan for you or Switzerland or, or whatever the case is. Oh, yeah. Amazing people. Now you're talking. And you're going to impact humanity. And the other big thing I think, that you're touching on is the service. You know, I want to be of service. Uh -huh. And I think that in as far as consciousness goes, you can only get to a certain level of consciousness being selfish, being self-centered. Um, but that's when true, you yeah. are thinking about what you can give, and that's what business is, is giving. You know, back in the day, somebody's the leather guy. Somebody makes the metal. Somebody does your you know, electrical engineering. Somebody builds your house. Yeah. You're giving something that they need. And so what is mm -hmm. like your offer? You know, what is it? How can you improve people's lives? And if you don't know yet, just start thinking about things that you like um, and putting a little bit of energy into that bucket. Um, but like, how can I help? And if you're thinking about how you can help and it doesn't need to be this grand thing. You don't need to be a New York Times bestselling author. You don't need to be the world's best snowboarder. You don't need to be whatever. You can contribute in your community on a daily basis. But the idea is, you know, you're going to design a life that you're enjoying and you're going to start to influence what's happening more and you're going to grow spiritually, mentally, yeah. emotionally and learn. And that learning and that example is really going to impact the people around you. And that's enough. It could be your mom. It could be your sister. It could be your friends. It could be, you know, people you grew up with. Who knows? You don't know that. But ultimately, you know that as you kind of um, navigate on in this mystery of like whatever the heck's going on to choose your own adventure <clears throat> times infinity 
you're a little bit more stoked on what's going on and you're connecting now with this mysterious force that's becoming more and more real because you're noticing it and you're experiencing it directly. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I just, uh, yeah, totally. I just remembered um, something. I, I didn't include this scientist guy that I met in, um, in the book, but um, he had gone undercover on like a, a whaling ship or a dolphin ship that was like killing all these things. And he like videotaped it. He exposed this whole thing. But um, so he won like a Goldman prize for that. But one of the things he told me, I, if I if, see if I can get this right, but it was essentially like figure out something that you're really fucking pissed off in the world about and do, do something about it. As opposed to like, you know, this, it's like the other side of the pendulum, you know, it's like, I think I thought that was really great advice. Kind of wish I put that in the book, but next one. Next one. <laughs> well, it sounds yeah. like you have a few more coming out. Yeah, I've I've heard that too. Yeah, as process of trying to find your purpose is like what what are things that bug you in the world, and we we forget I think how powerful we are to yeah. make a difference. You know, like if you don't think you make a difference, go volunteer at a homeless shelter and give somebody. You know, if you see like go you know go look around, see where you can help. If you don't think you can For make sure. a difference, go volunteer someone. If you weren't there, they wouldn't be getting that thing you can make a difference. Yeah. And that's, I love that. Um, I don't know if it's Marianne Williamson, but it's like, uh, somebody's talking about you. You're not afraid of like how small you are. You're afraid of like your infinite power and what you're actually capable of. Um, and I love that yeah. idea, but what I think a caveat is now where I am at this point in time is it takes a sacrifice. It, you're, it's scary. Nobody gets a free pass. I don't care where you are financially, emotionally with family, wherever you are, you have nothing, you have everything whatever you're going to have to yeah. risk to go get that thing that matters to you will be a leap, right? It's like, we're all jumping off a 50 foot cliff and like, we're all scared, you know, maybe sure. you're a cliff jumper, you're not, but we all, nobody gets that free pass. And that's how you identify people living in a little bit. It's a different reality set. And it's just like, Ooh, like what is like, you're still yeah. in it now. You've already done the travel. You've learned this. You've written a book. You're an author, you know, you're studying with brilliant minds. You're all set. No, you're still in it. And you still got to like mysteriously yeah. figure out what it is next. How do I do the next thing? But you've kind of like jumped before. So you have an idea of what it's, what it's kind of like, you know? Yeah. It's still, it's those jumps still aren't easy. Like up until you step over that thing, I'm always just like, what am I doing? You know, like it's crazy. Um, what was I going to say right there about, uh, there was something I wanted to say. I'll, I'll get back to it. But, uh, yeah, those, those, there's so many in between spaces of our life, our lives. And it's, you're like suspended in this state of anxiety because you're like ready to move on from whatever that was and you're ready for the next thing, but you're just like, what is it? Um, actually, I, I kind of remember, uh, you know, I, I often sort of find myself thinking, like, should I just be getting like padding a 401k or something? You know, like, like it seems like such an easier life you know and then like a night two nights ago or something uh i have this friend down here he just he just goes by zolox and he's this he is like the embodiment of an artist like everything he does is just like expression and he's an incredible painter and photographer and um you know i was like yesterday or the day before i'm like is this what i should be doing at 44 years old like i'm like I'm like living in this little tiny, um, you know, apartment, if you can call it that, um, in this, you know, in this artist district of, of 
uh, San Miguel de Ende. And, but then I was just like, the conversations that this guy and I have, you know, are, are just mind blowing. So we're actually going to, we're talking about starting our own podcast because there's so many interesting, unique people that come from all over the world, especially artists. This town is like Disneyland for artists. And um, like, I just want to have a conversation with the, the guy who owns this incredible like cafe, like vinyl cafe that I just found. Like you just go there and like choose the record and he'll play it for you. I'm like, you know, we, we had this bonding, um, you know, this bonding music conversation. I was like, oh, okay, this guy and I are, are, are going to be friends. And, um, but yeah, but then last night I just like, we went out to dinner and then I went up to like my apartment and I came down, he's got his little like artist studio down there. And I'm just like watching him move in between canvases. I'm like, this is pretty cool. This is kind of like the life I always wanted to live. Like I want to be immersed in art and I want to be immersed in the mystery and my role I think is to uh articulate it in a way that is that everybody can sort of feel or understand um it's been it's been a pretty pretty incredible experience because I've been for years I've fantasized about how people would consume my book and you know I, I wanted them to be like I wanted it to like keep them up at night or like on an airplane. I, you know, I want people like to have like an hour, three hours to get into it. And I keep getting that feedback, that feedback. And, you know, they're like, Oh my God, I was, I was crying in this part. I was laughing in this part. And, you know, I've always said like, I want people to like think, feel and act. That's what I want out of what I'm bringing into the world as a writer. So, you know, I'm just every day I'm learning more and more about the power of the mind. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm uh, I'm great at it because I definitely still have this these things that I'm struggling with. But um, I mean, I I think like I've kind of been calling. It was originally a trilogy, but as I said, now I think now I'm living in the fourth book. But I was calling it like the consciousness trilogy. So this first one is kind of about overcoming the self, which is you know, which fear and self doubt and all of those voices that keep us um, move into the full expression. And then the second one is kind of about the awakening that consciousness is actually the organizing principle of matter, not the other way around. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed part one of episode 200. Woo! It's 200 episodes. Stoked on that. And with your help and your listens and your shares and your reviews, got to number one in iTunes in seven countries that is amazing i'm so grateful that the word is getting out about uh, just being kind to one another so if you really want to make a stamp if you understand anything it is some uh, no i realize a lot of this is super intense and, and over the head sometimes it's grounded sometimes it's like oh my god what are you talking about but the easiest way to know if you understand this is to do one kind of one kind of action if you really understand it you're going to go three kind acts today it doesn't matter about anything else if you can do three kind actions in a day you are a spiritual master and you are going to learn all of these secrets all this stuff that might be a bit confusing if you can just do that grounded action all of this mystical stuff will come full focus and it's yes it's part one part mystical but the other part is just being grounded here and it's going to filter out all those problems so please take the kindness challenge um encourage your friends tag three friends say hey do the kind kindness challenge and let's talk about it a week later to see what what happened um because you're gonna you're gonna have some interesting experiences i assure you so three kind acts a day go out 
of your way to do it. Um, tag me. Let me know on Facebook or or um, Instagram that you're taking the ch- the challenge, and, and I'll be so grateful that you did. So if you want to support the podcast, that is the absolute best way. The other ways are leaving a review on Facebook, our, our iTunes. That helps a ton. And chipping a buck in the bucket uh, on patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair helps immensely. Um, if you guys want coaching, just go to the mattbelair.com website. You'll find it there. You can sign up for the email list. You can get a free lucid dreaming and book and audio forward slash lucid dreaming and support my homie, my mentor, David Lonebear Senapas, Native American elder of the Mi'kmaq, sharing his ancient teachings to the non-natives for the first time ever. Um, and he has some technologies and science and some other stuff he wants to bring to us, um, but we need to support him a little bit in order to do this. And so I've been trying and we would love your support. So please reach out to me if you can support in any way, um, whether it's resources, financial, you know, a benevolent investor, uh, you want to take a deeper look. Um, just sharing the message really helps. And, um, and I definitely need help too. I'm doing a lot of work. We have, we have a big mission with a very few people. So anybody who has a, an administrative assistant, um, tech skills, uh, web, video would be great. Even simple video. There's a lot of stuff that can be do that can be done to amplify this message. And not not just the podcast, but the teachers on this podcast. That's really what it is. You know, to give a, a platform for these incredible teachers doing amazing things. And uh, you know, I hope that as it builds and the platform grows, it just just attracts the most wise, benevolent, spiritual masters, the personal development masters, the science uh, people in the leading forefront of science as to help humanity and just share their story quicker and easier. So it requires this community to build it. So your shares are amazing. And I'm so grateful for your help, for everything, for coming along this episode, for any episode, um, just all of my love and my gratitude. So before we close this out, let's just come to a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world just taking a deep breath in through your nose holding that breath just feeling totally connected to spirit and setting the intention to come to peace and gratitude now and to make the firm commitment to be kind and compassionate to yourself and others and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day taking in another deep breath in through your nose Holding that breath and just doubling your feeling of gratitude and doubling that commitment to be kind and compassionate to yourself and to others. And just let that breath out slowly with all the self-criticisms, all the self-doubts and all the negative self-talk, just letting that go. Taking in one last deep breath in through the nose, holding it in and just really doubling now the feeling of gratitude, that commitment to be kind and compassionate to yourself and others and just see your life unfolding over the next week, months and years just fully empowered realizing it's day by day being kind and compassionate to yourself clarifying your vision of what you want for your life knowing that you are connected to spirit and all of nature that you're powerful that you can create your vision over time and that you are helped and you are supported So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm so excited and grateful to be at episode 200 with you. All of my love and appreciation and gratitude. Go have an incredible day and I will see you in part two with Tim Shields.